Hi, I'm David, and I'm the host of the Cool Jobs Podcast, a conversation where we dive deep into some of the coolest jobs on the planet. This is the home for jobs you've never heard of, or ones you never thought about before. This podcast is for students, learners, dreamers, or anyone who's interested in finding out about the coolest jobs around. I'll be speaking with experts across a wide spectrum of career possibilities with the hope that you'll find inspiration for your own career. Thanks for joining in. Hi, I'm your host, David Earnhardt. And, I, and joining me today is Jason Font, professional actor. Jason, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. This is, this is such a cool thing, I, I have to say. Uh, I have the Red Power Ranger with me today uh, <laughs> in the podcast studio. Thank you so much for, for joining us. And sure. uh, it just just have to you know kind of start off the questions with, like, ha, tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your background. Well, you know, I, I went to college. Uh, I grew up outside of Chicago. And uh, fortunately for me, I got a baseball scholarship to come down here to UNC Asheville. So uh, I'd never been to the South, and I was very excited to, to get an offer to come down here because the weather's better. As a baseball player, right, you always want to be where the weather's nicer. Although here, it's 30 degrees today, so I don't know what happened to that. But um, came down to Asheville uh, and really enjoyed my time down here, enjoyed the beauty of this, this world uh, and it gave me a chance to live in the South, which was really cool yeah. com- coming from Chicago. Um, and then two weeks after graduation, I got my business degree and I had come to an epiphany maybe a year or two earlier that I kind of hit from my parents. But I got I graduated. I came home. I said, Mom, I'm moving to L.A. to be an actor. <laughs> and she said, are you out of your mind? I said, yep, I'm going. She said, no, you're not. You're not going to do it. And I packed up my stuff and I left. No kidding. Yeah. Two weeks after college. Oh, that's that's amazing. I I, I want to dig into that decision there for a minute, but mm-hmm. I also want to say, as a baseball player, I can imagine living in Chicago. If you have an outblowing wind, that actually could probably help you a little bit. <laughs> that is true, unless it's it's cold, and of course, then it kind of equals out. But but yeah, I mean, you're, you're inside playing baseball in Chicago, you're stuck indoors for so long. Mm. And as a a guy from the you know up up there, you always dream of this world where you can play baseball year round outside and. And uh, and that's definitely what, what North Carolina we gave me more of an opportunity to do that, and it was uh, it was really fun. Really fun. I, I guess that's uh, there's a reason why spring training is is down in Florida and in Texas and uh, Southern California for yep. exactly that reason. Yep. 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 <laughs> Let some of these northern teams fall out a little bit. Yep. During, exactly. Uh, that exactly. Time. That's awesome. So uh, all right. So you were talking about coming down here and playing baseball and being a part of the Asheville community for a little while, and and then uh, you said, "Mom and Dad, I'm moving to California," mm-hmm. and I, I'm sure that there it evokes this uh, this thought of. Uh, the broke actor mm-hmm. uh, who is uh, waiting tables and uh, y- you know potentially having having real financial struggles. So talk about that dynamic with your parents a little bit. You had to um, might ha- might have had to have a little convincing with them. You know what? It's funny because my parent my parents were divorced since I was three. So I had my mom that thought it was just very impractical. Uh, you know, I had my best friend went to USC, the USC, the Southern Cal one. Right. So, uh, I had a free place to live for three months in his fraternity house during okay. the summertime. So, uh, and he got me a job waiting tables. So the proverbial broke actor waiting tables was me. That was definitely me. Uh, my dad was all about it. He was like, you know, go for it. I mean, you, you know, at that point you, you, uh, there was no kids, you know, I had no real connections from a relationship standpoint. So, um, I headed out there and let me adjust this real quick. And, uh, and he was all about going for it. Um, and it was every bit of a struggle. Mm. I mean, I was, def- I, I moved out there. I joke with probably about $1,500 to my name. Mm. 
Uh, I had a pickup truck with 200,000 miles with no air conditioning that I drove across the country. <laughs> so uh, I definitely was a part of that that group that that did that. And uh, and what a cool learning experience. And obviously, I look back now fondly at those times from where I am now, and it was a, it was a definitely a character building moment. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and I can imagine too. Like there's a little bit of a leap of faith of like you know what. I'm doing this. It's I have to know for myself mm-hmm. if this is actually going to be uh, something that work it, that I that I can do. Because if I don't, I'm going to be kicking myself the whole time. Yeah, and that was in me, and and that was you know baseball is something I had done for my whole life. I was a you know really really good high school player, uh, you know great college player, but I kind of hit my end with it. Mm-hmm. You know I, I knew that I was to the point where okay I've gone as far as I could. I had to see that goal out. Um, and then it was time to try something else. And, and there was just, I was going for it, you know, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And, and I can imagine being on, on a team and having that kind of backing from a, from teammates and things like that. Probably, uh, if some folks probably thought, oh, you're crazy, you're going out there, you're never going to make it. And then there were other people who were, who had your back and were like, look, do it. You you have this time in your life to do it. And, uh, and so, but you're probably used to being a little bit on stage anyway, being, you know, uh, being being on deck and also uh, playing your position uh, on team on the team. So talk about that a little bit. Is it were you comfortable kind of being on stage as a result of of your athletic career? Yeah, I got to think there's a certain amount because I you know I played football, basketball, and baseball all through high school, mm-hmm. um, and we were a very successful football program. So I guess yeah, it's a good way to put it. I've never actually thought of that, but you are on stage, you are performing. There are nerves. There is a crowd. So I'm sure that definitely lent itself, um, you know, from an athletic standpoint where you're taught, especially when I came up, it was to never show emotion, you know, wipe it off. You're fine. If it's not broke, you're good. Get back in the game. Rub some dirt on Rub it. Rub some dirt fine. on it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that standpoint, you got to break those walls down a bit to, to have a little bit um, in terms of tapping into certain emotions with being an actor because you've spent your whole life suppressing that. Mm. Right. Um, but being on stage, you're right. It, it definitely helped. Uh, in terms of, you know, achieving goals, hard work, discipline, you know, athletics comes into all that stuff, which you have to, which you have, to have as an actor. And, uh, and I think it definitely lended itself to me today. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, is, so you're in Southern California, you're, you're, uh, it, it's, uh, beach by day and, or, or, uh, going on calls by day or acting classes uh-huh. or, uh, uh, by day working in the, uh, um, restaurant at, at night being the, uh, being the waiter. And, and so I think a lot of folks kind of have a misconception around being an actor and how, you know, how people get found, you know, because there are folks who are, you know, they were literally walking in a mall one day and, and a scouting agent just happened to see them and, and bring them in. And then there are a hundred stories of folks who, uh, who were in all of the right acting classes and had done all of the preparation work and went on a thousand, went on a thousand auditions and never got a call. So kind of talk to us a little bit about that experience for you you of um how you i mean how you got an agent how you how you started going on auditions like talk a little bit about that process well you know the smartest thing i did when i went to los angeles is i knew that i had no formal uh training as an actor um and you know a lot of a lot what's funny about los angeles is they joke about every prom king and queen move out there because they think they're good looking and they're going to become stars (laughs) and it couldn't be farther from the truth Mm. so the smartest thing I did is I went out there, I, I got involved with the best acting classes I could afford, um, and I just pinned my ears back, I humbled myself, I kept my mouth shut, and I learned. Mm. I had no expectations early on, I wanted to just go in and learn. 
um, get on set, even as an extra, find a way to be on set to watch the professionals. You know, even if I were here, you know, obviously you've been doing this, you know your way around. I could watch, you know, if I was a beginner, I wouldn't know where the mic goes and I can't yell in the mic. All those little things. So I just listened and learned and watched and waited until I felt I was comfortable enough to go in the room so I didn't just go out there and fail miserably. Um, and then, you know, once I felt comfortable, the group of people in my acting class became my peer group where together we were helping to get agents, helping to get representation that can get us these auditions. Um, and that's kind of where it all started. Hmm. So tell, tell us a little bit about that agent process. I mean, mm-hmm. because I think I think we've all uh, seen seen. Uh, Maybe the poor representation of what an agent might look like. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, and then uh, potentially um, there are. I mean, the Britney Spears documentary came out and talked about how uh, you know how poor representation really uh, really changed her life. And so I'm just kind of curious for you, like what? How did you? How did you get into that uh, working relationship with someone that you could trust and and uh, build that rapport? Well, it's tough um, because there's some pretty murky waters out there, you know, and uh, everybody, especially when I moved out there in 97, it was a different world. Before 9-11, reality shows didn't exist. Mm. So it was a whole different world for those four years. And, um, you know, you, you, you're going around, everybody's trying to be a star. The agent has the power to, to get you in the rooms. So everyone's just trying to be the yes man getting on there. And, and so it's hard. You, you, you just hope that I mean, the reason I got the manager I got is because my acting coach, who I was paying money to every month, right? Um, at a certain point, I said, hey, you know, Howard, I go, you know, who would be good representation that you know that, that could help me out? And, you know, he's going to put you in the hands of someone that's good, that's not seedy, all those other things. Um, and then it worked for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, so it, it's all about that referral process out there like it is in most of life. Um, I was lucky to get on with a good representation that got me opportunities, Power Rangers ultimately being one of them. Um, and then over time, you just start getting, like anything else, you start gaining experience, you get more clout, and you have a little bit more choice as you, as you further your way out mm. in the city. Yeah, because I can imagine the there every every agent that you ever talk to is gonna is gonna promise you the world, right? They're gonna mm-hmm. promise to make you a star, and they're gonna promise that the world will be eating out of your uh, out of your hand. And I, I can imagine that you probably have to have a pretty strong. I don't know BS meter, yeah. uh, and and so it, tell it, talk a little bit about that process a little bit of like determine how do you know that if someone is is uh, being genuine? Well, I guess ultimately it just comes down to you know you you hear those things all the time, um, and it just comes down to experience of just kind of knowing, and ultimately they're going to have to get you in the rooms. Mm. It still happens to me now. You'll get representation. Uh, most of the jobs I get now are just through my relationships, ironically, mm-hmm. where I don't even need my agent. But, um, it, you know, over time you kind of see like, hey, you know, we, we've been together for six months. There's only been two opportunities. What's going on? You already know their excuses. Let's reshoot headshots. Let's do this. And you just kind of eventually feel out based on their performance. If they can't get you in the room mm-hmm. to even audition, then they're not worth anything. Um, and that I've, I've gone through many, many representation during the years of just guys who say they can do things and they don't Mm. and you move on. Right. Yeah. And I would imagine you probably have to be pretty willing to, to walk away and, uh, have that kind of fortitude in yourself to say, you know, this person isn't working out and I need to, I need to move forward. Well, it's scary because yeah, the, the agents are the ones that get you into the rooms and especially as younger actor, you you have to have the, the ability to say, you're not getting me job opportunities. Um, and then I remember once early on in my career, 
I'm like, I kept, hey, what's the, what's our opportunity? What's going on this week? And they're like, hey, you're bugging us too much. We're going to let you go. And that really set me, that really took me back for a bit because I'm like, wow, you got a guy who's like, what's next? What are we doing? Mm. There's been no opportunities. So I need you to get me in these rooms. And they let me go. So, you know, it's a give and take with that. You got to feel it out. But Hollywood, like most things, is a perseverance game. Mm. You got to just keep doing the work. You got to stay involved. You got to be on time. You got to be a good person. And hopefully the opportunities start to, you know, present themselves. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and I would imagine, too, that there are as much glitz and, and kind of glamour as you see on television around Hollywood. There are there are these folks who have one have one face for for television, uh, for the for the camera. And then they have a different reputation behind the camera or mm-hmm. after they're not on screen. And mm-hmm. so I can imagine that that. Um, uh, that wears thin pretty quickly uh, in yeah. an industry where it's referral based and where folks uh, need to like you. <laughs> it, it's amazing. And I can tell a zillion stories of like, I, I remember one time, here, here's one good story I'll tell. We, when we were, I'll use Power Rangers because everybody knows that show because I've, I've done other projects, but we were in the room and they wanted, there was down to like two of us. There was two guys left that were going to be the Red Ranger, mm-hmm. two girls left that were going to be the Pink. And we all knew because we're all in this waiting room. And they were letting people go. And this, the audition for Power Rangers lasts like five months. Wow. It was like they call you in and you'd read. And then three, four weeks later, okay, callbacks. Three, four weeks later, callbacks. You're like, oh my God. It just went on for months. Um, got down to the end and you just knew that there was these two guys are the Red Ranger. These two girls are the pink. These two girls are the yellow. And they were bringing us in at different groups, groupings. We, Jason, we want to see you with Deborah and Aaron. And guys, get against the wall like a police line. <laughs> but they want to see how tall we were compared to each other, huh. how we would look on screen. And guys, take your shoes off and stand against the wall. We just want to see the, the height differences. Like if I'm like 6'8 and she's 5'2, well, that maybe looks weird. Right. The girl who was reading for the Yellow Ranger goes, I'm not taking my shoes off in public. And they say, well, we just want to see you, your real height. You got some like kind of like heels on. If you can just get... You know, we're in a carpeted room. It's clean. It's not... Right. Just take your shoes off and st- we just want to see the height. I, I don't take my shoes off in public. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, I'm sitting there going, girl, what are you doing? Ugh. Take your... Even there's hot coals on the ground. This is an opportunity. <laughs> and you see those... And of course, you didn't get it. Yeah, no right? kidding. Yeah. So uh, you hear... You see these stories and you think, wow, it's amazing how people shoot themselves in the foot. I imagine other jobs are the same. Mm. And... uh but yeah, you got to be likable. You got to be, you know, fun on set, and and people do notice. No kidding. Yeah, it's hard to shoot yourself in the foot if you don't take your shoes off. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's kind of amazing. Like, and something small, right? I mean, like it, it, like something that was a personal choice for her, and she wanted to represent herself in a specific way, and it was a very small thing, but that ended up being the the determining factor. Why not? You got two people who are equal level, mm-hmm. equal look. They were the same gender, same ethnicity. And one's just like, I'm not taking my shoes off. They're like, well, if she's going to be like that, what is she going to be like on set? Right. Absolutely. And, and I wonder now, I don't remember who the girl was, but I wonder if she looks back because it was, you know, Power Rangers has grown immensely. I've gotten so many jobs from it. And I just wonder if she's, if she, if whoever this girl is, she remembers that moment. So anyway. Right. Huh. Well, that's, that's crazy. Amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh. <laughs> All right. So it, you talked about a five month process of, of auditioning for Power Rangers mm-hmm. and, 
I can imagine that there, because you're an actor and because you kind of have to access different emotional different emotional points, and they're going to ask you to, you know, to to laugh a bunch of times, and they're going to ask you to cry a couple of times, and they're going to ask you to be angry or excited or. I can imagine that there is kind of an emotional exhaustion hmm. that that hits almost every time you do an audition. I, there pro- is there some kind of a internal well that you that you uh, that you dip into at the end of each each day, saying, "Yep, I still want to do this. I, this is still what I want to be doing." <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. I mean, the good thing now, well, the last year auditions aren't the same because people aren't in, in person. Um, I did have an in-person audition for the first time because a lot of the last five or six projects have been just offers. Mm. They call and say, hey, what's your rate? We'd like to book you. And, and it's it's been lucky because you don't have to actually, you know, compete for it. But I did have one the other day. And um, I don't know. I've enjoyed the audition process. You know, you're in a room like this. You're there. You got the camera. I'm just here with a, with a chair and that's it. Right. And I, I don't know. Somehow I think I've psyched myself into wanting that challenge. Hmm. And I think you have to do that. You have to enjoy the process of, of doing that. So um, on set, yeah, emotional scenes, certain scenes, angry scenes, it definitely takes it out of you. Right. Um, yeah, it definitely is, a you know, but uh, but I've always just seemingly enjoyed the process. That's cool. Yeah. And I can imagine that there is uh, almost, it, when you get, when you actually get the part, there's probably like a little bit of like a, I don't know, a, a joyous like pat on the shoulder, like, all right, I did it. I was able to do the thing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. That's excellent. So, talk a little bit about your uh, support structure. Uh, you know, because no one—I don't think anybody is—is—is is, uh, is good alone. And so, you know, uh, especially in a in a uh, world like Hollywood. So, talk a little bit about like, you know, did you have mentors co- coming up through as an actor? Do you have a support system that you're that you're working with now? Like, talk a little bit about that process for you. Well, it's evolved. Um, it's it's naturally evolved in the beginning. Uh, yeah, you are very alone out there. You're in acting class with a bunch of actors who are rooting for you, but not. You know, <laughs> you're competition a little yeah, bit, right? You are, but it's a weird. I've always been supportive of. Of I think you can harbor a little jealousy if a guy that kind of looks like you gets fame, mm. or it's not fame, success. That's such a weird word. But um, I've always rooted for my fellow actors who are the, the girls, or you know, like to me. But you do get a lot of weird jealousy there. So the peers in the beginning were my acting coach. Um, you know, and then ultimately over time you start to create relationships with other, especially as I became more successful with other celebrities that kind of understand what you've gone through, um, who you are. You don't really want anything from each other because you've been successful. Mm. Um, so now my peer group, ironically, peer group of people that I, I used to watch on TV, mm. you know, some of these guys like Lou Ferrigno, you know, the Hulk and <laughs> yeah. Flash Gordon who played, you know, Sam Jones plays Flash Gordon. So it's kind of cool traveling and being with some of these guys that I watched as kids. And now these guys are, um, you know, my peer group. That's you awesome. Know? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, all right. So I have to ask you the question, right? I mean, like you watch these folks on television growing up. Did you have like a weird like fan geek moment where you're like, oh, it's the Hulk. I have to do it. I have to go and talk to him. <laughs> uh, there, there, there was a couple. I mean, I've, 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 I've. I've hung out and signed autographs with Jason Momoa, who's, mm-hmm. who's Aquaman. Mm-hmm. I spent time with him, which is interesting because he's a big character. And a big guy. And a big, big guy. <laughs> he's a big, big guy. He's a, he's kind of refreshing, but he's like a, a big lumberjack. He's mm-hmm. there drinking beer and normal guy. Um, Tom Holland, Spider-Man. It's kind of interesting. You do some of these Comic-Cons and you're with some people that are, 
at this time, really, really, really big celebrities. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting still from my standpoint, who's not that guy, to watch some of these guys at at how they work and what they do, how they carry themselves. I'm always a student of the game. I'm breaking things down all the time. Hmm. I watch the way people sit, the way they act, um, the way they, they, you know. So it's pretty cool to... To, to spend time with these people. And um, and again, that would be more of the pure group. But who was a big, who was I really excited? I can't, it'll come to me. It'll come to me. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe fun. Sam Jones. Okay. Because Flash Gordon, I grew up, and that was a big thing watching mm-hmm. that in the movie theaters. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So <laughs> A lot of special effects in that movie, yeah. too. Yeah. And him and I talk all the time now. So That's, that's got to feel really cool to, mm-hmm. to look up to someone and then also be able to, to be in the, same, uh, in the same peer group as them. Yeah. So you mentioned, like, Tom Holland and, and Jason Momoa and things. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just curious, like, do you, uh, do you see them and, and think – you know, I, I'm I'm kind of happy at my at my level of fame and and um, celebrity. Or do you find yourself saying, you know what, I, I could take another step. I could find uh, I I would really be interested in finding a a, a role that puts me in a similar uh, level of uh, of uh, fame and notoriety as some of those uh, folks. For sure. Yeah. I'm always ready for that. Okay. Yeah. For me, it, what's cool about it though is I've I've been very good at measuring my success. You know. And I always say to people, if I compare myself to Brad Pitt, I've failed miserably. Uh. <laughs> but if I compare myself to other actors that I've seen coming over 20 years, I've been a vast success. Mm. So I choose to, to create my success, my happiness, based on that metric, metric of I'm, I'm able to work, I'm, I, I do well in life. Um, you know, you could say all that, all that fame causes so many problems. Sure. I mean, you know, I, it, I'm sure it can at their level. But for me, it's like I'm on this journey. I'm going to try the best I can. And you just got to let the universe take over. Mm. And I've been really good at accepting that. So if I'm there, I always think I can handle that no problem. Right. But if I'm not, I'm like, okay, then this is what the universe has in store for me. And I'm okay with that. Hmm. That's yeah. awesome. And and I can imagine it, it takes a lot of the pressure off, too, of like, you know, looking for the perfect script and looking for the perfect, you know, uh, opportunity to get you to a certain level. Like it it kind of removes some of that pressure uh, to have a, a little bit more grounded approach. Yeah, and those guys, I mean, you know, with the masks on, I don't get recognized, you know, as much as I used to. But um, with the mask off, it's like you do. You have to be aware. You'll you'll go places. And, and uh, you know, I was just traveling back from Vegas the other day, and we stopped in Barstow for food. And, you know, fans recognize you, and they want to take pictures. So you have to be ready for that. Their level is crazy because with cell phones now, like, my gosh, I mean, it, you can't do anything. Um, say anything, and it, it, it's got to be incredibly pressured to just every second just act a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how those guys do it now because that would be very <laughs> tough. But, uh, yeah, immense pressure. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But then you get guys like Jason Momoa. He, he just, I mean, he just, he doesn't care. <laughs> it's kind of funny. He's, he's just like, it's kind of surprising. You're like, wow, you know. Well, it, you know, if you're Cal Drogo, nobody's going to really mess with you, so... <laughs> He's yeah, we'll be at Comic Cons and he's just like drinking beers and he's like, Come on, get a beer and I'm like, Oh, I, you know, I not drinking here, like I'm I'm working. Now, come on, get a Guinness, get get one in ya, you know. And sorry, Jay, I can't not not now, you know. So anyway, it's 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 cool because it's there's a lot of great stories and, and I never thought that I would have all these experiences and um 
uh, you know, and here I am, and it's hard to explain how or why, but here I am. That's awesome. Well, I think you you kind of highlighted a couple of things, which is the you know the perseverance and willingness to to work and and study and be a student of the game. I think was a word that you used. So, mm-hmm. I think uh, it, you know I can pull out several little threads that you've talked about having mm-hmm. uh, uh, that that helped you be successful. So, mm-hmm. um, so. Uh, I always like to kind of ask in this in this context of you know what's if you were giving advice to someone who was who was uh, at UNC Asheville and you know kind of interested in finding out you know how I, they, maybe they're in a drama course or maybe they're a you know they're a dance major or you know there's something that there's performance in them they're a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice would you give to someone who is, you know, just kind of looking at this as an option and uh, and and how would you suggest they go forward? Well, it's funny. I just spent an hour at the theater department talking to the drama class over there and we touched on a lot of this, which was really cool. And 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 I always tell people that, you know, obviously perseverance, hard work, being on time, all those things that should be given, but sometimes aren't. But it, it's really a matter of, again, like we touched on earlier how do you define happiness? How do you how do you set your metrics for success? And I tell them all the time, get involved in that community. Don't think because it's regional theater you're too good for it. Don't think because you're an extra on set you're too good for it. If they're filming something in Asheville, get on set. Hmm. Get on set. Watch and learn. Be involved. And and I think that's a, a big takeaway in, in the entertainment business is that they people think they're they're too big for certain parts. I won't do that. Not at all. Hmm. I mean, you have to be willing to get in there, get dirty, start from the beginning, be involved. Uh, and that's how you create your community. That's how you meet a lot of people. Um, because I think a lot of people, again, they, they, they lose opportunities by saying, well, I'm not going to go be Indian number five and last of the Mohicans. Right. I'm too good for that. You're like, no, you're not. You're on set. You're learning. You're watching the main actors. And that's just what I did. I mean, I just got on set any way I could so I could just sit there and watch right. everything people did. I do. Um, but to me, that's a big thing in that world because, again, if, you, if you, you're like, oh, my God, I'm not Brad Pitt, well, then I would have petered out. I would have flamed out, but I would have missed all these amazing opportunities I've had being me. Mm. So make sure that you just, if you're working and you're involved, you're succeeding. That's it. And you have to enjoy those wins. Mm. And I can imagine if you can watch Daniel Day-Lewis do his job, then I think you've probably won. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There you go. <laughs> that's awesome. I forgot. Yeah, he was last in Mohicans. He was. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, uh, a masterclass, I would imagine. Yeah, that. yeah, <laughs> that's excellent. Um, so, uh, as you as you know, as a graduate of UNC Asheville, we are the public liberal arts and sciences university for the University of North Carolina system. Um, and one of the things that I always like to talk to our, our guests about on the podcast is uh, how you would say that you've used your degree. I mean, you mentioned having a business degree, and and uh, that being uh, it, your your last one of your last touch points with UNC Asheville as a student and, mm-hmm. and now as an alum uh coming back as an actor you've, it's it's a little bit of a shift but I'm just kind of curious uh how you'd say you've used your degree well you know the other thing that people don't realize is an actor you know you're your own corporation mm. you're your own retirement plan you're your own everything so I think it gave me a practical sense of how to manage my life my money um that a lot of very straight up creative actors don't have hmm. Um, you know, they go out there without much college education and they're just kind of flying and they're extremely creative people, but you can't get them focused on well, what am I doing with my money? What does my retirement plan look like? Am I doing IRAs? Am I putting dollars away? So I think it gave me somewhat of a practical sense in a very creative world 
Hmm. Um, in terms of structuring my time, um, just how I handle everything, um, from time management to running my business, which is myself. So I think it, it, it helped me on that end, which you have to have out there. You know, uh, people don't realize they, they see this big stories of the, the A-list actors, which are few and far between. Um, and they just think we have all, you know, f- millions and millions of dollars. And, and like for the vast majority of that's just not the case mm. out there. It's not the case. Yeah. Um, social media will tell you that, but it's not the case. <laughs> so it's, I think it gave me a lot of ways to structure my time in my life besides the creative side. Hmm. Yeah, and I can imagine too that you know having the the ability to professionally kind of scratch the itch of being creative and and having that uh, mm-hmm. focus, and then having some professional training on the things that will keep you afloat long term. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It sounds sounds like it was super useful. That's awesome. Yep. So uh, so describe that being your own corporation thing. I, that's a neat like a neat phrase that I'm interested in kind of digging in a little bit mm-hmm. on because I think we it, you mentioned the A list actors who you know are uh, multimillionaires and <clears throat> and the the uh, what was it the uh, the actors on Friends all got a million dollars an episode, mm-hmm. and now just about everybody gets a million dollars an episode. Like, but it was a big deal at the time. Yep. So you know, kind of talk to me about like. You're, maybe you're working. It's you're working for scale, or you're you're on a um, you're on a set for a limited window of time, and so uh, you know you're having to try to f- try to balance the financial piece and also um, staying in the game, staying yeah. uh, staying in as an actor and keeping your uh, your SAG membership alive and and those types of things for your health insurance and that kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. talk to me about the balance of that. Uh, how do you um, how do you decide what's important? Well, I think as a young actor, you got to keep your overhead low. Mm. You can't get too into, I, I booked a job, let me buy a nice car, let me do this. So you've got to keep your overhead low so you can still be creative. Um, you know, now, you know, owning a home in L.A., the car that I drive, two kids, I have to make certain decisions because I can't just do things the same as I could when I was 22. Mm-hmm. So um, I think as a young actor, yeah, you, you know, keep, keep, your, keep your overhead low so you can just go be free and work. Um, because yeah, once you have bills to pay and obligations, it changes your decision making. Mm. Um, right now I, I have a mix of, of doing comic cons and appearances where it, it's, it's really financially good for me where I can go do those and I can have a little more freedom to, to do certain projects. Um, but you do have to balance it out. I mean, you do have to make money and the crazy thing now with social media, I mean, you have to be equally on your toes with posting things, <laughs> Right. I mean, getting on set and, and you, even when I walked in here, first thing I did was took a picture. Right. And as crazy as that seems, it, 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 you know, when you build up your brand, it tells people what you're doing. Okay, I'm here at my alma mater. They're having me speak about careers and they're having me, you know, do this. And, and people start to go, wow, he's important. He's, he's doing things. He's wanted. And all that is in Hollywood works. Hmm. You know, once they start seeing he's doing this, he's doing that, well, we want him now. So you have to be up on your social media as well, which is another crazy, you know, uh, avenue of all this stuff. Yep. <laughs> and and also can can blow up in your face, too. I mean, there are plenty of examples of folks who have tweeted something or have, yeah. uh, uh, it, stay away from that. <laughs> posted something on Instagram that's like, yep, that was a mistake. That, yep. Uh, yep, yep. that moved me back a, a, stay, a, a space or two on the board. <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> that's awesome. I would be so bad at social media. I'm so bad with social media anyway that I would, I, if I was ever a professional actor, I would be, I would be in, in, in real trouble. <laughs> well, it, it's, what's funny is that, it, you know, it, that's the vision now. People have an insight into your world. Mm-hmm. 
So good or bad, right or wrong, you're, you're giving people insight into who you are. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you can almost create, I mean, you've seen it now, people have created fame off of nothing. Right. It's crazy. Right. So, um, yeah, it's, mm. a, it's a whole new world. Mm. And um, reality shows, you know, it, it, it's Hollywood is a very different from what it was in 97. Absolutely. Very different. Yeah. And I can imagine it probably felt a little bit like a, you drink it from the fire hose. Like you came in and you were expecting one thing and then it's totally different 20 yeah. years from now. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, I always like to to take this opportunity uh, in the in the podcast to ask uh, the the guest um, a, a question where they can kind of pay it forward a little bit mm-hmm. and and kind of say kind of ask who you think has a cool job and why. Who out of the entertainment industry? I assume, or it can be someone who wants to walk on the moon. I, I mean, it could be anybody Anything. that you think that anyone you think who has a cool job. Gosh, you know, I. You know, I've kind of been on the Elon Musk train lately mm. uh, just because I, I think it's pretty cool what he's been doing. He's trying to create these 700-mile high-speed rail lines. and So I don't know. It, it seems pretty cool that he's on the forefront of such technology. Um, so I, I think he's got a pretty cool job. I think that's an easy answer. Um, you know, I, someone that I really, really love their career and their path is Jason Bateman. Mm. Uh, he, did, he was in Ozark recently. Yeah. He's done a lot of movies. He's been on for a long time. Never too big, never too little, and it just allows him to keep working. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of think that his his career model has been fantastic, um, and I enjoy watching him as a fellow actor a lot, you know. Uh, Game Night, if you haven't seen it, uh, Horrible Bosses, the <laughs> hilarious movies. <laughs> yep. But he, and then he's doing Ozark, which is the more serious role. So, I, yeah, I, I think right now that that's someone I really envy because he just, he just methodically had probably four decades going in Hollywood and... Mm. That's the goal for me. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, he played the fox in uh, Zootopia and uh, really did some voice acting and, and that kind of thing too. He's so, everywhere. Yeah, he's everywhere. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for that. I always like seeing kind of in in the world that you are in, kind of yeah. who you think it, it has a cool job. Yeah, Tom uh, Brady might be another one, right? <laughs> you know what? Seven Super Bowls. So you can't. <laughs> And heck, I, I, I would. He is a year older than me, and it's, it's like, crazy. It, how am I not? Uh, it's really hard not to compare yourself. Yeah, it's crazy. He's an anomaly. That's it. Well, uh, I, I want to thank you so much for your time and and uh, you know sharing your space with us and and uh, sharing a little bit about your history and about your job. Uh, how can folks find out more about you and and uh, about what you what you've got going on? Uh, social media is the best way. Uh, Instagram is Jason Font. It's just the one. With, there's sometimes fakes come up, but the Jason Font with the little blue check mark. Um, Twitter is the Jason Font, and Facebook is the Jason Font fan site. Um, and then also jasonfont.com where we put up a lot of stuff. But but Instagram is what I see. I actually will go on and I try and uh, respond back to fans, you know, comment back to people. I do look at those things. So Instagram is where I'll announce every appearance, every new project. Uh, and that's where I mostly am. That's awesome. Yep. Well, what's a can you can you give us a little a little teaser about a project that you're that you've got coming up that you're really excited about that you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, there's two of them. One is a, a mafia crime series called For Nothing, hmm. based on the uh, the book For Nothing. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, we filmed in Buffalo. Uh, I starred Michael Madsen, uh, Daniel Baldwin, myself. Uh, had a really great cast, and they're trying to create, I hate to say the word, the new Sopranos, right. but it's based on a Buffalo crime family hmm. uh, and their relationship with the New York Mafia. So um, I'm hoping that that goes to series. That's a big thing, uh, For Nothing. 
And then I got a chance to play a bad guy on a new series they're trying to, to get called Star Trek uh, Aminara Renegade. Mm. So that goes to the prequel of Nichelle Nichols' character. Um, and so I got to, again, got to play a bad guy in that. So those are two shows, the Star Trek one and the For Nothing, that have recently been filmed that hopefully get picked up and then, you know, then we're off and running. If not, I'm looking for the next job. Looking for your next one. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, it never ends. <laughs> well, we'll be looking forward to both of those, uh, the Star Trek and also For Nothing. Uh, looking forward to seeing those and seeing you on the on the small and big screen at some point here hopefully. going forward. <laughs> yep. Well, Jason, thanks so much for spending your your time with us and uh, sharing such, cool, such a cool job. We really appreciate it. I pre- thank you for having me. It's been fun. Absolutely. Thanks so much. You bet. Thanks for listening to the Cool Jobs Podcast, a service of the Career Center at UNC Asheville. Like what you heard? Give us a like, share with your friends, and subscribe. Next week, we'll be talking to Kimmy Hunter, tiny home builder. So make sure to check it out. See you next time.